welcome to Green Talk, the weekly RCU Racing Podcast with your host, myself, Russell Lee, and as always, the fantastic Chris Bowling. How are you doing, Chris? I'm not doing too bad, mate. We're, it's, it's a national weekend, so it's uh, a bit busy, but, you know, nobody Thanks. wants to hear me. So why don't you say thank you to the sponsors? Well, it's always sunny at Southport, mate, but let me start the sponsors. So a massive yeah. thank you to CML Distribution, Schumacher Racing and Will Speed, the companies that keep us on every week, and luckily throw us some prizes at Christmas. Now, listen, you can probably tell we've been uh, laughing and joking in the pre-interview before this because I can barely stop myself from laughing here. I'm already out of breath. So this man needs no introduction in the in the UK race scene. And we've had him on a couple of times before. So Nathan Rowles, how are you, sir? Very well, my little selfie king. Yourself? <laughs> yeah, really good, mate. Really good. Really good. Uh, it's, it's, great, it's great to get you on. I think the last time we spoke was around October, November last year. So, so a lot's happened since then. You are um, now the apparently the oldest man in the top 20 in, in the national scene at the moment. Yeah, just about actually bubbling the top 10 at the moment. I think I'm currently sat ninth in two-wheel drive and about 12th in four-wheel drive, but currently the top old duffer. Um, you know what? Considering last time we spoke, you were saying, you know, you say, oh, I'm lucky to make it, break out the back of the B the, these days. And I'm, and I'm like, well, you 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 beat Neil Craig at one meeting at your home Grand Prix last year, didn't you? So, was it you before? I can't remember. But yeah, yeah, a couple of years back now, but I'm still taking it for one final. I beat him, you know, and I, I felt like a god just for 30 seconds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's it. I mean, you definitely ticked a couple of boxes there, didn't you? Especially um, with a, a national A final leg with, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. And we've knocked on it twice this year. Um, absolutely. It's, it's weird. It's a choice, but I don't know whether it's absolutely gutted to not put it into a national A or really proud to have BQ'd twice already and actually knocked that close to A finals uh, at my age, should we just say. Yeah. How old are you, mate? You're 45, I suppose. 46, something like that. 46, coming up 47 this year. Same age as me, mate. Same age as me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, considering I know you say like you don't know whether to say you're gutted to not make an A or or happy to not make a B, but mate, when you look at who's in the B, there's some there's some guys that are you know bloody quick that are in the B. I mean, Matt Thompson, I think you know Charlie Saunders has made a couple. You know, there's a lot of quick guys in the B, and you man, you're hanging around there, mate. Yeah, like I say, we BQ'd Mendip, um, Charlie put in an absolutely storming run, Charlie Saunders, and knocked me out in the last round. But when I looked at the times, our car had, I was still trying to run a carpet car at that stage, or high grip car, um, although we'd set it up as much as we could for the low. And the track seemed to really go off a cliff in the fourth round and then the finals for us. And so... I say I wasn't, I, I was gutted to not be in it, but at the same point, seeing the pace that they had in that A final, I think I was losing about a foot a lap to, or six inches to a foot a lap to Jamie Paul. And, um, and watching that they were struggling to hang on to the back of the A final, I think it would have been three very lonely legs there, should we just say. Whereas Bowton, um, we were running a dirt car for the entire event. Um, and in round four, I changed to a more aggressive front end and I just went half a step too far and it was enough just to unsettle the car just that little bit. And so I knocked myself out of the A final at that time, although Daniel Pohl put in an absolutely stonking run. Um, 
Having said that, my times, I won both B finals, so I was very happy. Um, and my times would have been sort of solid for lower half of the A's. So it gives, gives a lot of confidence as to raw pace of the car. So I mean, you said you said when we had you on before that you uh, you felt like you were struggling that season. You felt like it was on your downhill. What do you think's changed this year? You, you seem a bit uh, a little bit revitalised, if that's the term. Um, I want to say mental health has improved a lot. Um, I did a job change towards the end of last year. That although it's not worked out as a job because I've literally just started a new one two weeks ago. Um, I was. I didn't realise at the time just how burnt out I was from the hours that I was working because I was averaging 65, 70 hours a week plus call-outs overnight plus all sorts and that definitely takes a toll on you. Um, yeah. This year, although I've been away a lot with my work, um, I've been working reasonably sensible hours and uh, now I'm just starting up a new job now, um, which is giving me far more weekend time and actually a lot more time at home, which is keeping me happy, the wife happy. So mental health is really good. And yeah, and, and we're reaping the benefits of that. So I think with RC where, you know, sort of don't get me wrong, 90% of it is on your pit table at home, you know, in terms of your results. But if you don't turn up with the right head at the race meeting, you may as well not bother turning up. And yes, we can sort of stick ourselves in the zone and drive. But if you're psychologically knackered, it's very difficult to pull those results out of the bag. Um, I'm definitely well on the road to recovery from all of that. And it's showing in my results. So, yeah, we're pushing forwards. Oh, it's really good to hear, mate. What is it that you do for a job? You, you, you say you're a service engineer, is that right? Um, yes, I'm a maintenance engineer. Maintenance, um, yeah. sort of previously, I was working factory-based. Um, the last six months, which unfortunately hasn't worked, I've been doing um, retrochromical-style work in servicing the loading arms that go from ship to shore on super tankers. Yeah. Now I'm moving into a technical and training role um i shan't say the company's name online um but they make and supply parts washers um sort of degreasing tanks ultrasonic machines things like that but big industrial ones so they supply a lot of the formula one teams um they do great bespoke systems which fit inside aircraft hangers um for um a lot of the main main sort of players in that sort of area and i go around um diagnosing major faults when the main service team can't and if need be replacing units or whatever and um starting to train up the main service team and maintenance side of that lot do you get to live the dream with that stuff like you know uh so the guys can't fix it on the shop floor so you go up there and you find out it's like a I don't know, a broken O-ring or something, but you get, yeah, you, yeah. is that what, is it something, is it something yeah, that's so easy, yeah. the first thing you go to, or, or, or first thing yeah, you look at, should I say, normally? Yeah, I'm more electrically biased, yeah. um, but I'm multi-skilled, so yes, anything electrical, three-phase, single-phase, whatever, um, down to control systems, that's my real sort of trade is panel wiring and building control systems. So to have turned it into a maintenance position was quite easy. Um, 
and to fault find that kind of thing because you fault find it when you test new panels anyway. Yeah. Um, so to move into that sort of zone is is definitely I'm well within my skill set area. And it's it's been nice to actually go to a company that have welcomed me in the door and actually said they needed me. Yeah, ah, class mate, that's brilliant. Well, you know, I mean, you can tell where you're talking. You, you seem quite chipper, mate. You know. So. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I'm only a few weeks in, and I'm sure in six months that'll all change, and I'll be like a bloody place. <laughs> <laughs> you told me it'd be different. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. We've all yeah. been there, but at yeah. the same point, for the moment, it is absolutely fantastic. So, I'm very much happy, Nathan. Uh, class, mate. I mean, I can see you because uh, you've got your camera at the moment. You're actually in a hotel room, aren't you? So, where, where, where are you at the moment? Yeah, I'm near Workshop at the moment. Um, uh, okay. Just down the road from the world famous Robin Hood. I think I'm literally 10 minutes from the track. And the worst part is that tonight I'm sitting here rebuilding cars rather than going down there and having a play on a track that it's one of the best facilities in definitely in the country. Um, I love going there, but it's one of my bogey tracks. I never go well there. So it's one that, you know, sort of if I get the chance to go there, I'm sure as hell am. So, cool. <laughs> so and sitting here having to prep my cars ready for Southport is a bit of a flare flow when I want to go down and play with them instead. Yeah. <laughs> so, to be fair, I mean, you didn't go too bad at the, the rear motor challenge, did you? You no, said you third there, something like that. Yes, somebody let me near a microphone, so I was able to tell everybody that you were running a low C, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> you commentated my only win, mate, and you know what? I keep watching that, vi- I keep watching that video back over and over again. <laughs> you, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest to the sort of listeners, but you were running, a, obviously, an RC10 tub. Um, yes. But at the same point, yeah, you, you definitely took some heckling off the microphone um where this was rob fox's you know sort of creation of an event he did sort of the guys that were on the mic um which i was one of um were instructed to be as brutal as possible to anybody that we know so yeah. i'm afraid you wore it tenfold yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's quite cool because i'll be with the spectators we were the same like I, we were, every time one of our mates hit the, the big tabletop we were shaking throw a whip and obviously these cars are so fragile <laughs> you know yeah. Oh, no, yeah. I know it. I know it. It's why I didn't put the. I've obviously when we spoke about vintage before. I've got a the love of my collection is a Kiosha Ultima, um, which has got a genuine Trinity chassis on it, and I just could not put it out on that track. As amazing as the track is, the jumps are too big for that. That it's wrong, and it would be in half, and then that's hundred and fifty quid's worth of chassis in two pieces. Yeah, so, and and that's trying to find one. It took me five years to find the things. So. Yeah. yeah. No, but I mean, so. we had um, who did we have? What I was talking. Gemma, we had we had Gemma on last week, and he was saying that you know you it was up and up until the last race, and if you could have yeah. took, took took the win, that's a, and that's great. That's a great day out. That isn't it? You know. Yeah, it was. Um, it was Matt Thompson, myself, Gemma. I'm trying to think. James McFadden, and. I'm being really rude. I cannot remember. There was one other, and I can't remember his name. Um, but we were all, for the first three to four out of six rounds or five rounds, um, we all sort of turned out with ones. Oh, um, Rob Gannon. That was um, it, yeah. And then I think it was round four, I finally came up against Jemo. And it, it was good because it was associated versus associated. I had a B4.2, which is the car that I'd actually driven for a couple of rounds of practice at the Europeans on that track. So it was my obvious choice to run there. And Gemmo had his B5M. Oh, sorry, B5. Yeah. Um, 
And so a little bit of difference between the two cars. And I definitely had to take everything to 11 to even keep up, let alone start to close him down. And once I worked out where he was quicker than me, we started sort of really chasing him. I think we got to about four minutes and I was just trying to make a move on him. And I ran out of talent at that point and had a little bit of a cream egg moment. And so that gave Gemmo the extra win, which meant it was between him and Factory Mac going into the last race. Um, but there were still technically four of us that could win it, depending on the results of that race. And we were all together. So it was absolute bedlam. Yeah, and in the yeah. middle of it, you had poor Jim Dixon leading it because he'd had a blinder of a start with, I would say, a 12-foot wide rear motor car, um, which... Factory Matt was trying to get past, Gemmo was trying to get past. When I finally caught them, I was trying to get past as well. And, yeah, it just made it an absolutely brilliant race and event and a great climax to what was a great fun um, yeah. event. I mean, for so, me as well, the, the, the way the track's laid out there, like, it doesn't matter if you're leading at the end of the straight and into that first corner because there's three lines into the next corner after that little straight, isn't there? You know, so everyone's yes. going into that first corner, around that sweeper to that apex, two or three wide, and it's not necessarily, oh, you've got to be there first because you've got to make sure you get out of that corner into the next head, yeah. you know, and, yeah, and, and, that make, and that makes great, for what I'm trying to say, it makes for great racing and, and for, for great spectating as well, doesn't it? Because it's just like cheers from, you know, you don't know what's going to happen from one corner to the, to the literally from one corner to that, to that next one there were so many overtaking opportunities on the track yeah. even when you were online like you say you, you you could you could switch line options and still carry the same speed through or throw one up the inside or you know sort of really try and block past people and actually work hard at it and there was always options to attack which is what makes it so much fun especially where the rear motors aren't as fast um don't fly as well you have to actually drive the car not just square it up and pin it yeah um there's a real you know when someone's pushing one of them because they start as we say they start making shapes they're never going straight they're always out of shape but moving forwards insanely fast and you can sort of dance them that much easier where they're that little bit slower, a little bit easier to react. I know mine only had a ten and a half in it. Um, and to be honest, I wouldn't really take much more than that. Um, but yeah, it was, I think I'm sure it was Matt Thompson actually took the win in the end. Um, I ended up, I think third. So I was well happy with that. It was, it was just a great fun weekend. Yeah, it was class, mate. It was a really good one. You, you need to come to that one next next time, Chris, and bring your B2 or your B3 or whatever B version you've got. Oh, mate, that, uh, that B3, oh, I don't think I've got the heart to run it, mate. It's a different... It it's too a, much. It's a different spirit of racing, mate. You know what I mean? It's not like... Um, you're gonna get nailed off at every corner, like a ten, not not saying you do it at tenth national, but it's a different, yeah. it's a gentlemanly class of racing. Everyone knows everyone's yeah. car is expensive or, 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 or fragile or means something, so there ain't no heroes. You know what I mean? No, I mean what I'm saying. I wouldn't race. I'd probably just see if I could um, locate a, a reasonably priced. Um, Either one of the other thing I thought of doing was running, you know, one of those RB tens. Yeah, yeah. I thought about running one of them. Now it's a bit, it's a modern car, but it is a rear wheel drive car. It is a rear motor car. What um, you, 
do is speak to, I think Nick Goodall's got a couple of B2s and B3s up for sale, so you could possibly just build one as a runner that's not quite so pimped and preened. Um, I know next year, I think that some of the top guys were having a chat after the event. I don't know if it's still the case, but there might be a gentleman's agreement that we all turn up almost running the same car next year um, in the earlier class and, and just go for it. Yeah. I think for me, one of the uh, one of the better bets for me, I think um, either a B4, um, any variety, you know, you can you can make more work, or a uh, or one of those. They are they are new, but I just think they use modern wishbones and stuff like that. I've got hundreds of spares in my box. I think that probably just makes sense. One of the RB tens, and yeah. um, you know what. For the crack, I might even look. Obviously, it's a ready to run, isn't it? So, apart from swapping the radio gear, might even leave the speedo and motor in it and just go with what's in it. I mean, what if it's not too slow? There this time, they had um, better shocks on the car um, and put their own electrics in it, and that was about it. Um, I mean, if you want to stay AE, I can, I can do an arrive and drive with last year's B4 for you, mate. So it's never oh, a problem. There you go. I've got to stay AE, mate, because it's it's all I've ever ran. I'd, I've I've heard that rumor that if you if you it's can't all... you, you bleed AE, shall we just say? Uh... Yeah, yeah, like a stick of rock, mate. Like a stick of rock. No, I'm not even going there with that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a family show, Russ. <laughs> yeah, but um. Now it is. It's it's one that's on my list that I do I do want to do. Unfortunately, I was uh I was busy this year. There was another event on at the same time, mm-hmm. uh, so I think it was a regional that was on. So obviously, I have to focus on those over fun events because I I'm not going to be quick enough to be getting like an F two grade in at national. Yeah. So I need to give myself the. Uh, the best opportunity <laughs> to still have a decent grading and qualify for nationals the next year. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, as much as I, I would have loved to have, have come to this year, and I think I'd even, me and you had even discussed um, going on with us. Well, I think um, you booked in and then booked out, to be honest. I'm sure Rob, because. Yeah, not, right, I'm, 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 I, yeah, I, I ain't saying that Rob booked me in early or anything, because you know, I'm, I'm such a big deal, but, it, but I'm sure he booked you in as well. Yeah, yeah, so. I uh, unfortunately it was just unfortunate that, of the time, but I've, I've, everybody I've spoke to has said um, very very positive things about the meeting and the way it ran, and so yeah, it's one that I have I will have to get to at some point. It's it's a bit like the revival events. Um, it's far more based on the fun that we used to have racing as opposed to the seriousness that is today's racing yeah with all the fine adjustment that we have these days and how much closer racing has got um it's when you step back to the vintage stuff and it's that little bit slower that little bit easier to drive you can you it's very easy to actually just step into it and actually just get on and drive the things and enjoy them for what they are yeah. As such, as opposed and, and, to pushing everything at 110% and, and the hot potato that is sort of modern racing. Another good thing as well is that because it, it was a really race, every every time you finish working on your car, say, well, I, don't, I don't work on my cars, but I give them a brush off and change the battery. But every time I've got a spare second, you walk to the track and someone's racing, 
rather than mm. watching qualifying. You know what I mean? I mean, I know the commentators can make the qualifying sound interesting and stuff like that, but there's nothing like getting there and there's a grid. And you look at the rostrum and you're like, Carl Mars is in this. I'm going to cheer for him. You know what I mean? Or, you know, Keith's in this. I'm going to cheer for him. You know, I'm going to cheer for whoever's behind them, you know, <laughs> just for the crack line. Yeah. For me, that is the, the really race format. When it's done properly, when everyone's around the same speed, is awesome. You know, if that meeting is class for that. Yeah, I mean, that final race at the rear motor where Jim Dixon was leading us round, I think more people were actually cheering for him to try and hold us all up than were cheering for who was going to win the event. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was just it was yeah. brilliant. It really, really was. What was the history of your the B you because obviously you ran the social well not obviously, but you ran an associated B four point two. What was the history yeah. of that car? Have you had that a long time? I know you said you've run it at the, yeah. at the Euros warm up. Is that like a historic car for you or Yeah, it is. It's the only one of my car of my vintage collection that I've actually owned other than sort of newer stuff. Yeah. It's the oldest of my vintage collection that I've actually owned from new and been able to afford to keep. Yeah. Um, for years, it was always sell one car to buy the next or such or do a deal with it to get your next car, um, as a lot of people were them days. Um, so that associated, I bought it to do the... I bought it to do the Invernational that year. Um, it did that. It did a two-wheel drive final at Oswald Street when it suddenly chuffed it down with rain, and we all went from mid-motor back to rear. Yeah. Um, and then it turned up at Robin Hood as uh, we were going on dirt, and I put the car down, went round in first practice, hung it out everywhere, a bit like what we've just done at the rear motor challenge, and come off the track thinking that was a good run and then realized I was two and a half seconds a lap off the pace with it. So <laughs> oh dear. And I to Mick Bragg at the time and he was like, chuck your B5M out, Nathan. And so I did and suddenly found about one and a half of that. And then he said, no, you need a three gear gearbox in it, not a four. So I dumped one of those out of the box, chuffed it in it or managed to acquire one at I the see. time, shoved that in it and, and suddenly was sort of, knocking on the door of top 30 area so it it's crazy especially the weird thing about it is it's like driving around on a worn set of darts you don't think the car's any slower <laughs> and then no. you look at the clock and you're like what <laughs> exactly yeah. exactly yeah. and that's what it was so at that point it got hung up on the shelf i think it might have done a couple of little bits um we used to do when we was racing down at faversham for years um we started doing two-wheel drive, um, and it was a different set of rules, but it was still because we were, I think, I think we allowed a seven and a half in it on the polished floor because yeah. nobody wanted to take their motors out of the car. And we were on mini pins rather than the full spikes because we all had a load of those left over from the winter series previous. Um, and we spent a few weeks there racing them like that um, before the Astro came along. Um, so it's, it's done a little bit, but not a huge amount, but it was, it's the fact that it, it raced at a Europeans in practice, but never got a European chassis sticker on it, which I'm gutted at because it went on the B5M. Yeah. And so, but it's, it's just one of those sentimental cars to me. Yeah. Makes sense. I mean, we've, 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 uh, let me put my teeth back in and try that again. 
We've had a couple of your juniors on over there. I was going to decide what I was going to talk about the junior programme, or I was going to talk about some juniors that have come through, and, we, and we've had them on as guests over the last couple of weeks. I mean, really, you know, we, we, Matthew Peters making his first day um, at, at the last at the meeting, and we've had also had Kyle on as well uh, recently. Mm-hmm. You know, you must be, you must be feeling quite proud of yourself that you know what, all the hard work over the last I don't know how many years is finally coming through hard now. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've helped a few juniors over the years. Um, my first ever junior I helped, which was back in sort of 98, was actually Ed Kerry. Helped him for just a little bit, not massive amounts, yeah. but did bits with him when he was a very young lad. He used to take him down to Tiverton with his dad and wherever the sort of main races were and just sort of assist with setups and a little bit of help. That was before I'd even thought about training juniors. Um when I was with Predator, um, I took Greg Williams under my wing. Yeah. And we got him a the junior win at, I want to say East Tracks, I think was the name of it. Um, he'd done the first two rounds with his Triple X. And I said to him, that, you know, sort of, do you want to win the meeting? And he was like, yes. So I said, well, there's my X6. And. He put it down in round three, TQ'd that and four and won the first two legs of the final um, and walked away with the event in two-wheel drive. And I think Gemmo won it in four-wheel drive with Chris Doherty's Atomic Carbon. Yeah. Um, so it was sort of that was the start of me starting to help juniors properly. Um, we helped Greg when he was with Predator. And when he then followed me a year later after I'd left Predator over to Schumacher. Um, after that, because of distances, it was always very difficult to help Greg um, every week. But, you know, his, his training was kind of done at nationals, you know, track walks, explaining what and how and everything else. Um, once that stopped, we had a whole host of under 13s coming through in the southeast. Um, there was a young lad, Ollie Crew, was picked up by TLR, and him and Kyle had raced from like the age of six up to about twelve, um, neck and neck the whole way. The dads were best friends, everything, but only one of them was picked up by TLR. So I offered to take Kyle under my wing at that point. Um, I was racing for Schumacher, so I got some fresh cars. Um, Kyle got my old ones as such, um, which got him sort of better equipment straight away. Um, Robin was fantastic with that and the help that he gave us. Um, And it culminated in Kyle winning, I think, one of the under-16s championships. Um, I think, I can't remember, it was two-wheel drive or four-wheel drive, but I remember it was down at Torch, and he was racing against Jack Neal for it. Uh, Jack got one class, Kyle got the other. Um, and, yeah, and then a couple, about a year or so later, Kyle made his first National Way final at Eden Park with us, and I actually lined up for him with that one, which was, that was a real proud moment, shall we just say, because um, Greg had already made A finals, but he'd only had a sort of year or two of help from myself, um, whereas Kyle had been under the wing for four or five years at this point, or three, four years, I should say. Um, we've done that through Schumacher cars, um, running through um, either Schumacher or RC Domination at the time, which was Dave Church's old shop, um, then through Rules Racing, um, and then Hot Bodies, and 
he eventually, when the hot bodies drives disappeared at the after the fifteen worlds, when um, uh, hot bodies were taken over by another company, and so literally everything stopped overnight. So as I came back from the worlds, I was almost dealless. Um, and HPI had been fantastic with supporting me with this junior program, so I could look after Kyle. There was another young lad called Callum Miles. Matthew Peters was part of this. Hattie, a very young Hattie and Matthew, um, or Hattie Thames, sorry, and Matthew were running Hot Bodies cars behind the scenes. Only sort of local club and occasionally turning up at regionals at this stage. Um, and then I moved on and we went Schumacher for a year before I then joined X-Ray. Kyle stayed at Schumacher and eventually went wheel speed. Uh, wanted to start to do his own thing, but he was already making A finals and everything else. And I sort of, once I'd done my job, I wanted, a, I, I always felt another year and a half, two years with Carl, and I would have had him going pro. Um, but that's what it is. Um, and so then I started putting my time more into Matthew and Hattie, and eventually Evie as well, the younger sister. And that takes us up to now, where Matthew made his first A final at Mendip. He should have made it at Robin Hood, but he made a mistake in each of the runs. So he had a seven and an eight counting, but the seven should have been a five. And I think the eight should have been a two. Um, but that's racing sometimes. Um, and he wasn't able to do Bowton because he was doing, or he's in the middle of all of his A-levels at the moment. I don't know if he's at Southport. I'm hoping he is. Um, so we can carry on pushing at that point. But yeah, that's that's my current junior ranks. I've got one other young lad, Alfie Jeffries, coming up and through, and a young lady who's just joined us, Molly Thames, who's one of my vintage racers, but she's now running for X-ray. And yeah, we just continue doing what we do. I want to say it makes me massively proud, but I just feel it's what most top or sort of better racers should do is be taking these juniors under their wing and actually sort of pushing them on. I just doing what I feel I should actually, you know, what any racer should be doing is just to help the other newbies when they come yeah. along. I mean, what we started doing with uh, in the Associated Tents, I hope it's not a, a secret, I don't think it should be, um, is that we have a pick with a star um, every national. So, like, every national will have a different junior or child or kid, whatever, pick next to the craggy in the hall. So it'll be like, the crags, a certain junior. Uh, and dad or mom and then the hall so basically they each and we change that every national so each weekend mm. they get to um not, i don't know whether it's um um i don't know oliver, oliver frost or also be pitting with the nationals chris obviously you've been there um, um archie bowman was archie bowman was next to him last weekend at the last mm. meeting etc so go on chris sorry yeah, you've had um, Archie and Ollie Frost were Bowton. Uh, Dan Smith was Mendy. Um, oh, the, the young lad's name it's yeah, escaped but, to me. Yeah, but anyway, so what basically, but they yeah. get to see how the pros do it, um, you know, whether it be tyres, uh, inserts, what changes they're making, they're involved in the, even if they're not talking in the conversation, they're hearing people passing the ideas around. I mean, you know what Neil's like, or Tommy, because I look at your card, Neil, he just throws at you, you know, there you go, you know, you can copy their setup, or you can look, or you can say, well, maybe you might want a bit more toe on the back than I'm running, kidder, you know what Neil's like, um, or, or, or something like that, but they're getting in, into the main of the team um, to be shown, to showing the ropes, really. Yeah, I mean, this is, kind of the 
what we've done, um, but permanently through. So there's been a group of sort of anything up to 12 juniors. I've always made sure that each junior has a mentor because for me to personally look after at one stage, like I say, 12, we're currently on about five, six um, people at every event is impossible. Um, but what I can do is the guys around me, like Phil Craddock, Manny Panasar, um, obviously Matthew's father, Hattie's father, they're Ollie and John, um, and people like within the team who are experienced racers. Um, George Tolman's another one of those, sorry. Um, they were one-on-one -on -one with each of the juniors at an event. Yeah but I'm normally the central hub with information to make sure it all gets to every stage, the same as what you guys do when you do your one-on-ones and how yeah. you work within the team. We work very much the same. Um, the information we make sure gets from every angle of the team to everybody that is there. Um, obviously, we don't. I don't quite have the PR value of Neil Craig or the Halls, shall we just say. <laughs> Um, but we work equally as hard and basically in the same way, but we do it week in, week out at every track, wherever the kids are with us. We're helping them, training them, track walks, what lines they need to be hitting. Um, the dads now are, and, and sort of like the dads of Matthew and Hattie now and Manny with us as well are so clever that the setup database is growing constantly and now they're throwing far more ideas into the hat um bout and i actually ended up on hattie's setup or hattie and manny's setup um because i'd gone in the wrong direction in four-wheel drive two-wheel drive i got it right the rest of them struggled to drive my particular style of setup or the driving style that was required for mend up with mend it with the setup that we had um but we still dragged some decent results out the bag Yeah. Do you find that, um, like, people like Judy's like Matthew, as they've got um, quicker and faster and more confident, have you found they've kind of took on um, advising other people on the team, like the slightly younger people, get, almost acting like de facto mentors that way? Yes, very much so. Um, Kyle Moon is a great um, advocate of this. He still helps run Faversham. Um, his dad was one of the, I want to say one of the founding members, not quite, but he was one of the chair people for the best part of 30 odd years after Ron Barrett eventually sort of stopped running the club. Alan, John, that's Matthew's father, um, Ollie, and a couple of others took it on. Um, and Kyle now is sort of following in his father's footsteps. He now runs the club. His sister helps him running the computer system. Um, there is a main chairman there, but Kyle builds a track most weeks, and he's there still helping local juniors. Where Faversham is a real grassroots club, um, proper takes people from full beginner and. Yet there's three or four F1s there. People like myself, cut. I cut my teeth there when I was 9 to 12 to 14 area. Um, I was racing there week in, week out on the polished floor. Same as what Kyle has, same as what Matthew has. And even my brother, Brennan, raced there for many years. 
Um, and so Kyle, week in, week out, is also helping. He's got a nephew there that races that's insanely fast. He's, he's going to be a quick one in a few years' time. Um, there's, you know, sort of, and helps everybody from full beginner up to the pros that are there. They all work together and, and push this forward. So I was doing it for a number of years when work allowed me, which unfortunately it hasn't since just before COVID. Um, but I can't wait to be able to actually have the time to get back down there and carry on and start to do what I used to do and start to push forwards the new crop of juniors that are coming up at club level. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've heard a lot about um, the, the Faversham club of like obviously having having Kyle on a couple of weeks ago. And it does just say a lot. I think the, the Midlands equivalent would have been sort of old school um, Dudley Radio Car Club. Exactly that. It's where um, you get 30 to 40 beginners to middle club level and then sort of five to eight quick guys. But all of the quick guys, rather than worrying about their own racing, are interested in helping and making sure that every low to mid-level racer has a good time there. You know, so every beginner, when they come through the door, one of the guys there that's good will straight away say, come on over, let's check through your car, let's make sure your endpoints are correct, your speedo's set up, your car's good, let's make sure it's got a half-decent setup on it, that everything is working on it as it should do, quick screw check, so that when they hit that track, they have fun on their first event. And so many i see a lot of clubs have lost sight of that or are too big for that kind of thing um but faversham where it races in this little village hall the track is the size of a badminton court it's on astro the tires will last between well even the top guys are getting three to six events out of them and the beginners are getting three to six months out of them um so it's cost effective racing it's super close because they have a motor limit and all levels in it it just and i always say that sort of faversham for 30 years has had the recipe right and everybody else tries to meddle with that recipe as a club and doesn't get it as right as what faversham has so going back a little bit of a jump back to your juniors Mm-hmm. How do you know? I mean, obviously, it's never a case of, right, you're done, you can't come and ask me any more questions now. <laughs> how how do you know when it's that sort of time? Like, use Matthew Peters as an example. He's he's making his A final now. He's probably got to make some more in this year, if not next year. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you know when it's kind of that, right, it's time to sort of, kick you out the nest now and see if you can fly on your own and get any um, and go to the next level to be honest i never have um kyle sort of stepped out on his own when he was ready and i'm sure matthew will do the same at some stage i now race with Kyle as a friend rather than as a teammate but you know we still have a good working relationship when we do see each other um i won't what i always say is a lot of people will only train a junior up until they beat them. And then it's like, right, you're ready, crack on. You know, so now you've beaten me, don't want to know. Yep. Um, I've always worked hard to try and get that junior as good as they can be. Because if they're beating me, A, it gives me someone to chase. B, if they're beating me, it means they're going 
top 15 to top five in the country. Um, and if I can still help them to push and get those results, I will do, you know, sort of, I now, I won't say I've stepped back with Matthew because I haven't, but I now sit in a role with Matthew where if Matthew needs something tested, I'll be the one that will test it and give it feedback to his old man to actually help and get him better results because of it. So the role as such never stops. Um, nah. And at the same point, I'm always, you know, sort of chasing Matthew is making me faster. Um, you know, I've got Hattie coming up and through now, and at some events, she's really starting to push us. Um, Manny's getting quicker all the time. He's been he's been a great sort of sub-mentor to Hattie. Um, the way that they work together um, alongside her dad is fantastic. And they're very close in their racing ability. So one of them's always got it right, and the other one not quite. And so they're both working together to push each other and sort of close the gap down to myself or Matthew. And I'm always pushing to chase Matthew, Matthew and push him along as well. Um, when's it time for him to go on his own? Whenever he wants to, you know, so until that stage, the help will always be there. And it's the same with all of my juniors. Which got to be a good... Um, go on, Chris, sorry, go on. I was going to say, you've, um, you've briefly mentioned an, a name a couple of times there that um, a lot of the newer racers that listen to this or newer people to the hobby probably wouldn't recognise. But if you're a, an old school racer, um, you're definitely recognising the name of Manny Panasar, aren't you? Yeah. Um, for those that don't know, Manny used to race back in the late 80s and on and through to, I think, the mid-90s. I had a small gap around that area, so I'm not quite sure on his finishing times. Um, he did make National A finals. Um, there used to be a race series run by a magazine called Radio Race Car. And I know in one year, Manny won the modified class of it. And you've got to realise that at that those events, a lot of the top racers at the time, your Jamie Boos, your Kevin Moores, your Rory Coles, would all, or Craig Dreshers and people like, would all come to maybe not the entire series, but they would at least do a few of these events. So to be trying to go anywhere inside the top five at these events was very, very difficult. And Manny basically took it to them. Um, he was sponsored by a company called Tanner Plan back then. Um, he used to make a lot of motors and other stuff. Um, their motors were fantastic. They were a bit like MG and Reedy and everything like. They were, if you were in the know and you could get the good motors from them, they were really good. And even their stuff off the shelf was good. Um, I know I had a few of them over the years. Um, and Manny was one of their top racers, along with, if I remember rightly, Luke Burley at the time. Yeah. So, uh, what what do you feel? Because he, he's been with with your team for uh, what? It's about eighteen months now. Yeah, yeah, he's in his second year with us now. Um, I he joined us from Yokomo um, when the Yokomo team was sort of changing um, distributors and everything else. Um, I know Manny from yesteryear, obviously, and the ability that Manny has. And it's like any racer today, it's not just about being fast on the thumbs. It's your setup knowledge, your general engineering knowledge on these cars. And um, I know Manny's got that in abundance. 
And so when I realised that he was looking around, I, I think the line that actually swung it was that we wanted him um, because of what he could bring to the team, the knowledge, the help. Although he was quite new back to modern cars, the principles are still the same. And he just needed that little bit of steering to actually get him where he needed to be and have the confidence to actually start to input that and very quickly had a positive effect on the team with new um, speed controller ideas, settings, uh, car setup, ideas. You know, so Even if his idea isn't used, it will always be thrown in the hat and sort of explanations both ways as to why we should or shouldn't and everything else, which then trains the juniors. Um, and so, yeah, very, very clever man and a very much welcome member of our team for the last 18 months. And, yeah, I'm really enjoying working alongside him. And always has an incredible pair of trousers. Oh, his genie pants are awesome. Um, yeah, let, let's just say, I, 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 yeah, I, he, he allows us to wish for... Um, uh, better results at events. If you haven't seen them, they're a, I would say they're a cross between something you'd see in Aladdin and an MC Hammer music video. Definitely. Dark purple and blue, and they are just... It's a look that only Manny can pull off, shall we just say. <laughs> and he does it with fine style. <laughs> yeah. They are awesome. Hey. Are you going to the Worlds or the, the Euros this year, Nate? Um, no, I can't this year. Um, I couldn't quite, with with the job change, um, yeah. I can't do the Worlds. I just can't, I've already got a holiday booked with the wife, so something had to give. And um, with my previous job, the Euros fell massively sort of in the way of the very busy part of the year. Plus... Um, I've, I've always, there's been a few years where the Europeans have been on eight scale tracks and, you know, sort of the venues are fantastic that I've seen, but when, when you're spending your own money to go to these events, which, you know, sort of, it is a couple of grand to do a Euros by the time you buy all your tyres, you get there, you stay and all the rest of it. Um, I want to race on a track that's for my car. I'm sure you you've know, said to me in the past um, that you don't want to run tenth on, a, on, a, on an eighth track. No, uh, no. And I, and I, can, I can, I can. Well, yeah, yeah, fine. I can totally, I can totally know, see your point. Especially if it was, you know, I'm not being funny. If X-ray were picking up the bill for it, I'd be there with bells on. <laughs> um, but I'm picking up the bill for it, so I go with my own beliefs at that yeah, point. Fair, fair, um, enough, fair. But yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, right. I mean, before we knock it on the head, I want to ask you a, a bit about commentary. Um, what would you say to anyone out there who wants to have a go at, at commentating? What do you think about when you talk about it? Because uh, uh, people like Muzz and yourself and Evdoka, they make it look so easy. You know what I mean? Obviously, when you watch RC Racing TV, I know the guys are doing it for a job, but... How do you mm. how do you go about commentating? Do you really just go say what you see, or every thirty seconds you look at the clock and see what's changed, or what's what's your mantra behind it? What are your top tips? It's a whole it's a whole mix and match. Um, it started because of COVID. Um, the guy running race control at one of my local clubs hates speaking on a microphone. 
So I said, well, I'll tell you what, let's run a, you know, sort of when we were finally allowed back to racing with like 30 or 40 people on a day. Yeah. Um, we ran a hard wire out to my pit area, so I wasn't in the same room with him. I was inside yeah. my own little green tent. I had a mirror screen of his race control. And effectively, I started, you know, I, I didn't have the first clue what to do. Um, so I started off with just running the meeting from my tent. He just pressed go and just sat in there. We were on microphones, uh, on walkie-talkies to each other. Um, and literally, it started from there. And we had a laugh with it. Um, I took the mickey out of a few people and everybody chuckled, but it was especially in the difficult times of COVID, any kind of Mickey tape was needed. And let's just say I've got a slightly dry sense of humour, um, which seems to come across well, especially with the vintage side of it. Um, to anybody wanting to have a go, go for it. Um, we need more of it. We really do. Um, especially at sort of club level, um, regional level, even national level. Everybody's got different um, styles of how they talk on a microphone. Um, some people are Mickey taking like myself. Um, Tom Yardy was the same. But when you speak to sort of Simon Moss on a microphone, he is so pro, but also so smooth in how he does take the Mickey out of things. It's fantastic. Um, I once spoke to Scotty Ernst at uh, EOS and asked him, you know, sort of, how do you get so excited? on like a Z final, you know, when there's like four people in it and, you know, you're watching them go around the track and you're like, oh, great, how do I do this? And he, he inputted some words of wisdom, which was for those people in that Z final, that's their A final. Yeah. And you owe it to them if you're on that microphone to be just as excited for them as what you are for an A final. Yeah. And it's, it's a mantra I've stood with. Um, in fact, nine times out of ten, I find it far easier commentating sort of EDCB area um, because there's so much more going on. It's not just a freight train of people following each other around perfectly yeah. in line. Someone, someone's always going through from the back of the <laughs> Yeah, whereas in, in, a, in a CD final, there's a couple of um, uh, impressive overtaking manoeuvres, shall we just say, or, or the leader bins it and suddenly it's now a three horse race and and you you can it's straight away to say what you see yeah um i do go between screen and what's happening out there to try and see what gaps are going on to see if you know sort of second place is closing down the leader or so on and so forth i'm always looking around to try and see where the battle is on track so if the leader's cleared off and gone yes i have a duty to I say pre-warn, you can't really at nationals because the ref is doing that yeah. job. But there's nothing that says that I can't say the orange car, you know, sort of cut back bottom right corner, you've got your leader approaching you in the next half a lap. Yeah. Um, and then the ref is then calling him through when he gets closer. At least then he's had a heads up that the guy is actually even anywhere near him. Yeah. Um, and but the rest of it, if there's a battle on for 7th and 8th, and that's the only battle that's going on on track, that's what I will commentate. Apart from a fact when it's um, Craig Gibson on track, because apparently I have to commentate only on him, according <laughs> to Marcy. <laughs> that's right, yeah. And the AE guys are all out there waving high visits at him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he loves it. He absolutely loves oh, he, it. 
Yeah, he does. And the, more, uh, the worst part is, the more brutal you get on a microphone to it, the more he enjoys it. And I'm just, oh, God, I can't be saying this. Right, right. <laughs> you know commentate what? with respect, Nathan. Commentate with respect. Yeah. I, I, I tried. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I had a, I actually um, had a chat with uh, with Gibbo at uh, at Bowton because obviously he was talking to me as I passed um, after his final, and. Um, you know what? He actually said, we were talking, he was saying that a lot of people get put off by it. Like, for me personally, if I've got, you know, 20 people waving a high vis, it'd probably put me off a bit. Um, apart from last year at Mendip, um, at the end of seasons, when you had Factory Matt and Eugene and all that cheering. Um, but he says he actually he enjoys it and it, he finds it makes him drive better. Yeah. I mean, and to be honest, from watching him watching it, he does drive better when there's the people. He does. If, if you're screaming at him on a microphone, he just zones and goes for it, and suddenly he's like two seconds a lap faster. It's like fair play, Gibbo. You know, uh-huh. but I mean, yeah. I did I did chuckle that the X-ray guys and girls at both at Mendip and at um, Bowton have taken a leaf out of your. Um, uh, out of the Gibbo fan club and are now starting to cheer on their own drivers as such when they're out in the final waving, cheering, hollering and all the rest of it. And it's it's great to see the atmosphere erupting at events when when silly things like that actually happen and the laughs that go on inside the pits and on the track, the banter is um, returning, the, I want to say the abusive nature, it, it's all done in fun. Should we just say? Um, really, even really when I was out in the B final, at, um, no, sorry, in the C final, four wheel drive at Bowton, all of my lot, I think there was about 15, 20 of them all hollering at me whilst I was coming around every lap trying to defend from Richard Barton. So, you know, I was torn between concentrating and laughing my head off at the amount of abuse I was getting. So. I'll tell you what, I'm glad you reminded me about that final because, um, I actually, at that point, I'm kind of in starting to get ready for the the next day. But it was a Sunday, so I was starting to get ready to pack away. I've got a, I was in a tent the weekend, so that was getting. But I was watching. I actually watched that B final, and mm. mate, that was one of the most entertaining finals I have seen in an absolute age. Um, yeah. If if I don't know if Davey was there or if it's the B finals. On YouTube, or yeah. was it the C? No, yeah, C, but no, Dave wasn't there. He, uh, there was no Littles this weekend, so um, I don't know if anybody videoed it, but all I know was I, I wore Barton like a backpack for about four minutes, and although he was really unlucky with what happened at the end, and earlier on, I think he got nailed as well. Um, yeah. He come through and he raced with me with perfect respect, and... The second that he tagged me, which was about four corners from home, irrespective of what happened to his own result, he just stopped and waited, and it, it was just perfect to sit, watch and see. So yeah. it was and really, really good. What, so what was really cool life. was, what I thought was really cool, from where I was standing, there was a couple of parts on the track where you'd go in side by side. Yeah. And, and you two have got really similar body shells, haven't you? The fluorescent yellow and the blue. Yeah. And... You'd watch both of these cars. You watch the the XB4 and the 74-2 just go absolutely diving into this corner, and then they yeah. disappear just for that fraction of a second. And it's like, 
who's coming, which one's which? Who's yeah, coming out? Getting, which one's getting it? And exactly, if there's any yeah. consolation on the roster, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> but I thought that really added to it. it was like that old, um, was yeah, it Brand's hat? Was absolutely it... mad on the microphone as well with that as well because he was loving yeah. it. It was um, absolutely awesome final, and I think the fact that you got a couple of other. Um, I don't want to say stragglers, but they weren't too far off the pace, but they were pushing. No. It was it was like I think was it um was it Mark Anthony Jones was sort of coming into the catch up and Yeah, Madge came in and out, he got with us and then binned it and then got with us again at the end. And I can't remember yeah. who the other one was. But it was uh, I kinda of wanna say like was it Ryan Clark or Matt Thompson? Somebody like like that. Can't remember. I know it was yellow and white, the same as or very similar to Barton's colours, because there was two of them there in the corner. So I didn't oh, couldn't quite it, work out who it was. But I know was I know it, one of them clicked. Yellow uh, and white S works, wasn't it? So it's either Steve Brown or Dave Burton. No. I think it's, um, oh god, what's the northern lad that drives S works? Can't think of his name, Chapel. Oh, Ethan Chapel, wasn't it? Yes. Ethan yeah, qualified. It was one of them, put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it, it was, was awesome. Um, Absolutely yeah, awesome. It's a brilliant race. We couldn't afford the mistake because they were always trying to close us and then they'd get tangled up together and then close us again. Yeah, um, so yeah, so uh, this weekend I'm going to have a little word with Mutters and whatever penalties need applying to get all of you in the same final again. <laughs> For round two, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just, and we'll just do that every every four wheels for the rest of the season. Right, boys. Well, I don't know. If, I don't know if Barton will cope with that, let alone me. <laughs> <laughs> right, time's time's ticking on. Have you got a Hall of Fame for us, Nath? Uh, anything you want to throw in the GTRC Hall of Fame? Yeah, I, I was thinking about that. I was going to shout Faversham, but I think um, both Matthew and Kyle have done that, so yeah. I, I can't hat trick it. It's not allowed. Um, so I'm going to say. Probably the one that I've most enjoyed this year was running my B4.2. So I'm going to say the associated B4. The 10-year platform. Yeah. Great choice, yep. mate. Great choice. All right, then, mate. Um, like I say, time's ticking on. Um, so do you want to thank your sponsors, Nath? Um, yeah, I will do. I'd love to. Um, I, heard, I, just heard you, I just heard you pick up a body shell. Are you going to read the stickers up here? <laughs> go on, go on then. <laughs> go on then. X-Ray, RC Disco, um, Answer RC with expert servos, SMD for their receivers, um, Fabricium Off-Road Car Club, Huddy Tools, TKR Stickers, um, Muzzo Models, Rules Racing, and the now defunct Racer Magazine. Um, I'm sure there's one there I'm probably forgetting, and I'm going to be shot for it. But um, oh yes, I am. I'm terrible. God, dear, my bad. Wait, you looking for your wing? Nope, I've got to look inside my bag. Speedworks. Oh, um, with all their loots and everything, um, we've been helping them start to develop further. I'm currently working on ball diff lubes and bits and bobs with them. Um, I started using their products myself, paying for them. Um, they do a great CVD lube that I was recommended. Um, it sits in between sort of molly grease and light oil. Um, so it doesn't attract. It's like it, it's the same in light oil for not attracting, but it lasts as long as what molly grease does. So brilliant product. That sounds interesting. Um, CVD oil. Um, that's Speedworks. 
Um, so yeah, and then obviously having started using it and shouting it from the rooftops as a privateer, they approached me and now we're starting to work together to actually improve on the products and um, create new ones. That's great, man. Good luck at Southport. Um, obviously, uh, myself and Chris haven't raced this weekend, so there won't be a, it won't be a part for much at the end this week. So, Chris, do you want to thank the sponsors? Um, yes, mate. Um, I do want to say, though, I had a bit of time free while I was doing some wrenching this afternoon, and I listened to our good friend and legend, Craig Drescher, on um, What's the Australian Podcast? Action RC, is it? Action RC. So I had a, I had a listen to that today. Um, definitely get on board and have a, a listen with that. It's very interesting. Um, so, yeah, if you've got a bit of time, listen to that while you drive to Southport. Marshall? Um, but also... to listen to on my way home tomorrow night. So. <laughs> listen to this one first. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah they'll, they'll have had to because they wouldn't have known me tell them about it otherwise. yeah yeah but, um, good point <laughs> so, but in all seriousness a um another weekly we say every week cml racing schumacher racing and will speed racing all of the racings um we couldn't do it without you guys. Thank you so much for the support. Um, and we look forward to continuing it for another six months to the show. And then hopefully after that. Yeah, class mate. And I'll say thank you to the listeners, guys. Thank you very much for getting involved with our Car Crash of a podcast. If you want us to get one of your friends on or with us, a superstar out there you haven't heard from in a while and you want to hear from them, see what they're up to, give us a shout, let us know, and we'll do our best to get them on. We try to reply to all messages to the Facebook page uh, within 24, 48 hours. I mean, we haven't got real lives outside of this, believe it or not, but we always do our best to keep in touch. Um, that's it. Once again, don't forget to like and share, and we will see you next week with uh, another superstar guest. So thanks for listening. Nate, you've been epic. Thanks very much. Christopher, I'll see you next time. See you later. Bye-bye. Try, try.